Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Rise Church. So glad that you're with us today. My name is Aaron. I'm the senior pastor on behalf of my wife, Erica, and uh, my family, all of our staff and pastors. So glad that you made it out today, especially if you're here with us for the very first time. If you're a guest with us, I want to welcome you. I always welcome our guests and I always invite you to come back at least three times. Everybody say three times. And here's why. Is I know that when you go to a new place, you don't always get the best experience on the first experience. And so we want you to come back and try it again. Try it a few times. And then hopefully we could be your spiritual family. I also want to welcome everybody watching on Facebook Live in digital land. So glad that you're with us. You are a part of our church. We have hundreds of people who do that on a regular basis. And uh, speaking of Facebook, will you do me a favor and take out your phone and actually check in and let people know that you're here at church. We found that it's been a great, great way for us to get connected. A lot of people don't know you go to this church sometimes. And so when you do that, you can be like, hey, let's go together. And then after y'all can go grab tacos. So it'll be awesome and uh, have a good Sunday morning. But uh, we are in the middle of a series called Level Up. Everybody say Level Up. Yeah, and this week we start, we're in part two of Level Up, and last week we really introduced this idea that, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or if you're a non-Christian, What you know, you really just have to be a human to know that you really want to do better this year than you did last year. You want to level up. You want to be successful. And so for us as a church, we know that the Bible has a lot to say about how to be successful in your life. In fact, God takes it very seriously, and so we're going to talk about it uh, over the next next several weeks. And last week, we talked about redefining success. How many of y'all know that there are just some places in the world has a lot to say about success? And you know what's funny about it? A lot of it don't mean a whole lot. A lot of it's not really very uh, helpful to, to some of us. Some of us, we think, you know, it's a mystery or it's a secret. And we talked about it last week about how to redefine success. That success simply is this, is you fulfilling the call that God has for you in your life. You doing what God has said. And so for this week, we wanted to talk about, let's get into to the elements of success. Let's find out what is success made up of. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 25. Today we're talking uh, and we're going to read a very, very famous parable or story that Jesus taught about right before uh, the end of his ministry, right before he was going to go die and be, get buried and then raise again after three days. But uh, this is kind of one of the last parables that he starts to tell uh, the people that are following him. And we, you might know it as the parable of the steward, the parable of the steward. Matthew chapter 25 is where we're going to be. We're going to read a, a good bit of scripture today, and I'm going to go kind of fast, so make sure you lock in uh, here today. So we're going to read it today. We're going to put it up on the screens for you. Matthew chapter 25, it says, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them to his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, and then each according to his ability. That's important. We're going to come back to that. Then he went away, and he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made them Five talents more. In verse 17, he says, So also the one who had two, he made two more. And then he went on to say, But he who had received one talent went and dug it in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time after the master who served, a master of those servants came and settled the accounts with them. So he comes back and says, I want to know what you did with what I gave you. And he who had received five talents came forward and said, Look, I made five more uh, than you gave me, which is really good. Verse 21. And he says, uh, His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. But I say, Well done. Yeah, he said, look, you did something well. This is what I wanted you to do. That was my expectation for you, that you did something well, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little, and I will set you over much, enter into the joy of your master. So then the second guy comes, and he says, the one who had two talents, well, he, he said, master, you gave me two. I made two more. Here's what's going to happen. And, of course, repeats what the master had said. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little, and I will set you over much, enter into the joy of your master. Side note, if you're looking for influence, if you're looking for authority, if you're 
looking for responsibility, learn to do well with what they've been given to you right now, even if it's small. Because if you can do well with something small, it automatically tells your leader, your, uh, your boss, your you know, person you're working with, it lets them know you can be trusted with more, right? That's kind of the principle of it. And so he says in uh, verse 24, he says, he also received one talent, came forward saying, now he comes with excuses rather than being faithful. He says, master, I knew you were being a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and scattering where you're not scattered seed. He said, you are un, you know, you're, you don't seem very flexible. You seem more rigid. He said, so I was afraid. How many of y'all know nothing good comes from working out of a spirit of fear, right? That there's nothing good comes from it. And he says, and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. I thought I, I was so afraid. I didn't want to lose it. So I didn't do anything with it. So I didn't lose anything, but but I, I, so I'm just going to give it back to you. That's okay, right? And this is what his master said. He said, you wicked and slothful servant. So just so you know, that's bad then. That'd be bad now, right? That's not a good thing. And he says, you knew that I, you, if you knew that I reap where I'm not. So he's like, if you knew I was such a bad person, this is what he says. So he goes on. He said, verse 27, he says, then you ought to have interested, uh, uh, invested my money into the bankers so that at least I would have gotten my money back with interest. He goes, if you thought I was such a terrible person, you should have done something with it, anything. And then he said, so take the talent from him and give it to him, he who has 10 talents. And he goes, for to everyone who has more, who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. That's important. He says, but one who will, has not, even what he has will be taken away. And then we wrap it up in verse 30. He says, and cast this worth of servant into the outer darkness in the place where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When I read this scripture, you know, I, I grew up reading this, this story. You know, this is one of the most famous parables that Jesus ever taught about. Um, but when I read this story, you know, one thing that pops out to me really is that God takes our success seriously. Like God cares about whether or not you do something with your life. You need to hear me when I say that. Some of us in here have bought into the lie that you don't need to do anything. You just need to make it in life. That's not true. That God cares about you doing something well with what he gave you. That he, he, he's expecting. There's an expectation. When Jesus said, for it is like, he was referencing for the statement, the kingdom of heaven was like, which means he was saying, the way God is a perfect way of living is that you do something and you become a success, that you level up. This year, I'll give you some scriptures I'll just to, just to kind of highlight just some character, some ideas of what God thinks about this. This is in Joshua. It's a great scripture. He says, look, if you keep this book on your lips and you meditate it on day and night and you do what's in it, so you don't just hear, you do what's in it. This is so good. He says, then you will be prosperous and successful that God desires for you to do well. So that's in Joshua. It's the Old Testament, New Testament. Here's in third John. John says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper. He's modeling after Jesus. That you prosper in all the things in your health, just as your soul prospers. Like I want you to do well, level up. Uh, if you, I'll give you one more. Jesus says this in John ten ten. The thief comes. You and I have an enemy. He wants you to not do well. He wants you to level down, I guess you could say. He does not want you to be successful. He wants you to get trapped. He wants to steal from you. But Jesus comes that you may have life, and not just a normal life, not just the same old every other day life. He wants you to have it abundantly. That is a promise. God wants that for you. So if that's the truth, then we need to know what, how to get there. How, to, how, to, how do we create a successful life? How do we level up in this next year? Well, I'm so glad you asked. I'm going to give you three elements today for success. Three elements today. If you're taking notes, three elements of success today is going to be the title of my message. Let's pray. Father God, I love you. Holy Spirit, I pray right now. I've, I've created notes, but, but Lord, I know you have a message for each of us. 
It's unique. It's special. It's powerful. God, we're going to walk out of your different change. This year is going to be different. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. How many of y'all have ever done something? Um, you, you had an idea. You had something you wanted to do, but you sabotaged it on the way to it. Anybody do that? Anybody have like, a, like man, are you just really good at sabotaging your own success? I, I'll give you an example. I, I, I had, uh, when I was in college, I'm not from Texas, I'm from California. I went to San Jose State University. Don't hold that against me. And I was a uh, uh, young man, and I was going to college. And I remember it was my first semester there, and, you know, I had my classes. And my last class, there was this, um, there was this uh, moment where I walked in the class, and I saw this girl. You know, and everything slows down when you see a girl, guys, right? You know, you, you know they, 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 I was sitting in my, I'll never forget, I was sitting in my desk. This was before, well, I met my wife. I dated my wife in high school, but then we kind of had a, a separate separation moment, you know, and she went to Seattle. I went to California, and I'm in college, and I'm maybe looking for the, the, the next Mrs. Wright, you know, and then I'm sitting at this desk. This girl walks in. It's like straight slow motion. Door opens. Hair flies. You know, it's like she does the flip thing with the hair. You know, the doves fly in. Smoke's all around. I'm like, this is this is the one, you know. She's amazing. She was the the, the, the prettiest girl, I thought, in, in the class. I thought in the school. She was so kind, she was so nice, and over the next couple of months, I wanted to really, my goal was to, like, gather the courage to ask her on a date, you know? That was the goal. My goal was to be successful one time in asking a girl to go on a date with me. Come on, guys, y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, there's just, just give me one, God, give me one time where I say, girl, will you go on a date with me? And she answers in the greatest way, just yes, just say yes. So I'm thinking about it, right? I'm like, God, I could do this. I, I'm praying about it. So I get the courage up. What I realized is we had the same typical routine. Uh, we had the last class of the day, and we would go to our brand new, uh, our college built a brand new library. And uh, it was a big library, and the, the library stacks of books would just go for long, long ways. And you know, uh, we would go there. She would be done with class. I would be done with my final class. We would go and we'd study in the library. Now, I knew she did that. I don't think she much knew my what, what I would do because I was kind of like just watching her all the time. And I think back now, it's a little stalkerish. It's weird. And so I'm like, I should have probably not done that. But, you know, I, I really liked her. I was trying to figure out her routines and her patterns. And so what I wanted to do is eventually get up the courage to ask her on a date. And so one day I said, today is the day. So I'm, we're at the class and we leave class and she gets gets into the library and she's on one side of the library and I'm over here and she had this routine where she'd walk down this library stack get a book and then come back down the other way well it was getting later and there wasn't a lot of people there and I thought this is my chance because at least if she says no no one will be around to see the rejection so I see her she gets up and she starts walking so I'm nervous at this time because I'm trying to like okay I'm, this is going to be my day God's going to provide I'm start speaking languages and I'm just loving Jesus and I'm like yes God help me walking with my Bible, and I'm like, yes, this is going to be the moment where I land Mrs. Wright, at least get a date. And so, like, she's walking down the, the stacks, and I'm not kidding you, so I walk, I get up, and this is a totally true story. If I'm lying, I'm dying. So I get up, I walk, and I get to, like, kind of the middle of the stack, and I grab a book because what I wanted to do was create a fortuitous moment, right? Like, I wanted to create a moment where, like, it was an accident, but it was planned, right? Like, oh, hey, I ran into, like, hey, I didn't see you there. Hey, I go to your class. That was going to be my strategy. Guys, don't act like you don't do that, all right? That's what we do. So we created these random moments. We created, we created these moments. 
so I'm standing there and I'm holding this book on astronauts or something. I don't even know what I was. I didn't matter. I was just waiting for her to come around, and I started to get so nervous that my stomach started to hurt. And I don't know if y'all ever have this happen, but when you like you get really nervous, you got started to get like bubbles in the in you know in your stomach. And so like I reminded myself that I'd eaten a breakfast, big old breakfast burrito, like at the beginning of the day. And so I'm like, y'all know, see, I'm going with this a little bit. So I'm like standing there, I'm getting nervous, I'm stressed out. I'm like, oh my gosh, and I could see her. I'm watching her walk through the. This is creepy. I'm watching her walk through the the books. I could see the little thing. She's walking down. She gets to the corner, and I'm like, this is it. This is it. And then my body does something involuntarily. So I'm like standing there, and then like you know, some like something comes, like I t- comes out. I tooted, I tooted a little bit. Can I say that in church? Is that right? And you're like, this church is not for me. You're like somebody in here guessed. So I'm just kidding. So so it comes out, and I'm like, oh man. So I panic. So I panic. So I start running. I start. I'm not kidding. I ran. I start running down to the end because I got to get out. Because if I can move and get away from her in time for as she's walking, because just as I, it happened, she starts coming around the corner and I, there's no one else. So I'm like, okay. So I take off. I get to the end of the library stack and she walks right where I was, right? And right as she walked right where I was, it was like her face hit a wall. She goes, and, and her eyes started to water. She looked up at me, and because I, I looked back, and it was just panic. And I just looked back, right, as she looked back, and we caught eyes, and she realized I was the one that left that there for her. <laughs> I couldn't do nothing. You couldn't. At some point, you just can't do nothing. You just go, well, I guess this is just, I left that day. She disappeared. I don't know what happened. I think she quit college. She was like, that's it. <laughs> I ran that girl out of college, you know. I, I should have just, come on, I should have just walked up to her in class and said, hey, I like you, you're kind of cute, you want to go, you know, to Chipotle with me, you know. Maybe I need to stay away from Chipotle. Maybe, just, <laughs> you know, some healthy restaurant. So, but she, you know, I'd, I'd sabotage my success, you know. Success for me was to ask her on a date. But, you know, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't, I didn't know how to get there. I, I was confused, to say the least, on how to make that happen. And some of us, when it comes to success, you know, we, we can sabotage our own success because you don't know how to get there. You don't know what it's made up of. You don't know how to make it the best of what God has given you. And, and sometimes we can sabotage our own success by doing what we think we do. How many of y'all know we can do a whole lot of lateral energy in life where we don't do nothing? You're doing something, but you don't do nothing, right? And you get to the end of your year and you look back on your life and you're like, man, I was really, really busy, but I never went anywhere. You feel like you're on the treadmill of life, you know? You just, you're running really hard. But you ain't getting nowhere. So today I wanted to talk to you about the three elements of success. Because the first talent, God really sabotaged his success. He didn't do anything with it. Because he didn't know how to get to success, he couldn't have success. And I don't want that for you. God doesn't want that for you. I'm going to give you three elements of success today. How do we level up? First one is this. First element of success is timing or favor. There's a timing or favor factor when it comes to success. This is the unseen element. Matthew chapter 25 says there was a man, like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them to his properties. They never mention like why the master left. Why, why did he choose them? What was it that made him 
choose those guys. Like, they didn't have any choice over it. And, you know, I'm kind of like a leadership book junkie. I like to read a lot about great successful companies and leadership strategies. And, and I've read some great biographies. Did you, every successful leader, person you know that maybe you would see and you would go, man, they're success. Every person that we believe to be a success has a timing factor built into their success. There was a story about, I read the other day about Bill Gates and uh, he, the, re, the way he started Microsoft, one of the reasons he got to start it was because he got an appointment at IBM, not because he was fancy and because he was Bill Gates. He wasn't Bill Gates then. He got it because another software company went on vacation for a week and had an opening for him to come in. By random chance, he was at the right place. Come on. At the right time, and, and, and if you were to look back, if you go to like the CEOs, like Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, the CEO of Google, the founders of Sun Microsystems, every major successful tech guy was born between 1953 and 1956. You want to know why that's important? Because they were actually at the age and at the time where they got out of college, they had their idea, and society was ready, come on, for their technology that they were about to create. Did they have any control over that? No. Timing and favor is a big deal when it comes to success. Now, there is no Hebrew word for luck. They don't even know what you're talking about if you were to go and take that over there into Israel. They don't, they don't, what are you talking about? You mean God's favor? They, you, you mean the hand of God, the sovereign hand of God, you mean? You mean his timing? That's what they would talk to you about. They'd be like, that's what you mean, right? We look at it as like, oh, man, they just had a just stroke of good luck. Not, not in the kingdom. And so God, like I'm just telling you, like for you and I to be a success and to level up this year, we need to know about the favor of God. So here's what it's not. Because I know like sometimes you hear favor. It's not favoritism, especially when it comes to salvation. You need to know this. God desires to see everyone come to him and have salvation. He, it's for everybody. And so, so like, you need to know this. Acts 10, 34 says God's not one to show partiality. Romans chapter 2 says there's no partiality with God. 2 Peter chapter 3 says not wishing any should perish. God desires for every one of us. You are all favorited by him. But it's not the same thing as favor. It's also not love. Like, God so loved the world, right? That's what John 3, 16 says. God loves everyone. God loves, loves every, say, everyone. He loves everyone. He loves everyone. So it's not, God's favor doesn't, it's not necessarily, and it's not blessing. Now, favor can lead to blessing, but that's not what, sometimes we confuse it with God. You know, God bless me, you know, give me, you know, give me your blessing and favor. No, no, favor is what leads to blessing. So what is the favor of God under, under Scripture? This is what Scripture says. The favor of God is simply this. It's the indwelling of special honor, grace, or mercy. I like what one theologian said about here's the tangible aspect of God. It's showing himself strong in our lives. You want to know where he got that from? He got that from the Bible. Second Chronicles, I love this. This is, this is how favor works. This is how, it, this is how, you, how you work it. How does, how does the, the, the idea of favor work with God? It's in Second Chronicles. It said, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. I like that statement, to and fro. We need to bring that back, to and fro. You, son, you be running to and fro. Through, anyway, so to, throughout the whole earth. And he said, to show himself, what is it? 
strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. That there's a unseen, intangible favor of God that goes to those who are committed and crying. Like they cry out to God. They, 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 they ask God for his hand and his sovereign strength to be in their life. The, one of the greatest examples of this is uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Do you, do you, I don't know if you remember this, but in Luke chapter 1, verse 30, it, sh- it shares with us a moment where she has a connection with the angel, and the angel says something to her. He says, you have, you have purpose. You have a, a purpose on this earth, and this is how it's going to happen. I like what he says. He says, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Again, don't lead out of fear. He said, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found what? You have found what? You have found favor with God, that his hand is showing, he's about to show strength in your life, and your purpose is going to be fulfilled, and when your purpose under God's fulfilled, then you're a success. It's not a bank account number, it's not a title, it's not a if this happens when, it's a successful person is doing what God's called them to do, and and walking out their purpose in their life, but it's found with the favor of God, showing himself strong, showing himself that he can do what he said he can do. So how do you gain it? We need to be crying and committed. I like what Psalms 31 says. He says, I trust in you, O Lord. I, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. You are my God. He says, my times are in your hands. He says, I'm crying out to you, God. I'm crying. Trust in you, O Lord. You are, you are, and then, and then you're my God. So, like, I'm committed. So I'm crying and I'm committed. Therefore, if I'm crying and I'm committed, my time, your, my times are in your hands. My, your favors in my life. He figured it out. David knew that you need God's favor in your life. So you need to ask yourself this question: Are you crying in all aspects of your life? Not, not, not tearing up. That's not what I'm saying. Are you calling on the name of God? On a regular basis, are you praying? Pastor, I don't know how to pray. No, what if you just sat and just asked God and told, maybe, maybe you shared with God, God, I'm yours and you are mine. I'm committed. I'm calling you out. You're my God. I, I, I love you. I'm, I'm with you. I'm, 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 I'm here for you. I'm not crying out to social media. Come on. I'm not crying out to my family. Come on. At some point, you need to grow up. Your family was there for a season and for a reason. But now you're an adult. Now you have a family. Now you're in a marriage. Now you have kids. Now you have, come on, you have responsibility. You're not crying out to mommy and daddy anymore. Come on. Come on. That's, that's, a, that's a word for somebody. There, there's something that there's something don't let that pass up. That, that I'm crying out. I'm not crying to my boss. I'm not crying to the world. I'm not crying to, the, you know, to my neighbor. I'm crying out to God who can do something about it. Because I'm crying. And then are you committed? You got to ask yourself, are you committed? Are you committed? Are you committed? Are you committed to the things of God and of God? Are you committed to him? Now, how do you know? Then you, 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 you do and you are a part of the things of God. You prioritize the things of God over other things that are not of God. So you need to ask yourself a question this year. Will you make church, come on, a priority over other things? Well, pastor, I like football. I love football. Who that nation is all about my life. I'm in mourning right now. 
but, but football doesn't fulfill my life. Come on. I know. I'm not being legalistic about it. I love football. Come on, right? I, I get it. It's not, can I do that? It's at some point, if you want something different, you got to do something different. You can't be like your neighbor. You can't be like your brother, like your cousin, like your boss. You have to do something different. So if you want to ask me about success, I'm just telling you, you got to be committed so that you can have favor, so God can work on your behalf. It's an untapped element in Christianity, I think. It's favor. This church ain't here because I'm good. You could have waited until I said something. (laughs) But it's true. It's like... The church is here because there's favor here. I ain't that good. Our church ain't that good. You're, if we're, the church is your all in all, you're going to be sorely disappointed. But it is a part of something. God cares about it. There's favor. Second is this. Second element is talent. It's the unearned element. The verse 15 says, to one who gave five talents to the other two to another one, each according to his ability. Then he went away. It's funny. Talent plays a role. Talent matters. But of the three elements of success, this is probably the most overrated. And probably the most focused on thing. Well, I got to make sure that I'm talented. And, and it's important, but it ain't, the, it ain't the main. I'll prove it to you. I'll read you some statistics. It's kind of interesting. More than 50% of all CEOs of Fortune 500 companies had a C or C minus average in college. of all U.S. senators came from the bottom half of their school classrooms. You're like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. I get it. (laughs) Like, okay. There's there's another one. uh, uh, You want to go push it even more? 75% of U.S. presidents were in the lower half club in school. More than 50% of millionaire entrepreneurs never finished college. Look, talent matters, but it ain't the whole thing. And so at some point, we got to understand and recognize it's something, but it ain't everything. And in fact, if you're, I'll say this, sometimes talent can get you in trouble because more gifted people have more opportunities to mess things up. It just happens that way. And so if you're, if you're talented, you got to be careful. In fact, we talk about it here at Rise at our church. There's a lot of people come into our church that are super talented. I love it. Some people come in and they show me their laundry list of talents and how gifted they are. Pastor, let me just tell you right now, I'm gifted. And I'm like, bless God. It's powerful. Well, man, that's, that's great. You need to put me. That's what I love. It's always fault, right? It's all. You need to put me on the platform. If you were smart, and I'm like, I ain't smart. I'm dumb. <laughs> but if you were smart, you'd put me on the. If you were smart, you'd give me the ministry. If you were smart, you'd put me in charge. If you were smart, you'd. Look, at the end of the day, we talk a whole lot more about heart than we do about your hands. Like, I want to care. Have you noticed? You've noticed there are a whole lot of talented people who talent can get you to a place. And if you're not careful, if your character isn't developed, it'll actually get you to a place. Talent will move you to a place your character can't sustain. And you and I have all seen all the talented people of the world get to the top of the, the trash heap and roll all the way down the end. And you wonder, how'd they give it up? You end up like, you know, Britney Spears shaving her head up in some crazy random shop. It's just, that's how it happens. 
It's because your character, come on. Your character wasn't to the level that your talent brought you to. You got to be careful. You got you to be careful. So what's talent? Talent is simply this. Talent is unique gifts given to us by God to fulfill his purpose. Number one, they're given. They're given. They're given. They're given. You did not choose them. You did not earn them. They're given to you. Romans chapter 12 says, having gifts that differ according to the grace that God has given us, God's given it to you. First uh, Peter chapter 4, as each has received a gift, serve to serve one another. You, you're, you're, you and I have all been given unique gifts. All men are not created equal. All men are created unique. Now, you are loved equally by God. You are all valued equally by God, but you are not. You, I am not the same talented person as you are. We're different. God created you unique. He broke the mold every time he made somebody. You're unique. You're special. You got a touch. You are powerful, but we care about your heart first. God, character matters. Character counts. So, so, so if talent does matter, what do we do with them? First thing is, is you discover them. You need to discover your talent. You need to discover, if you're going to be a success and level up this year, you need to discover what God put in your hands to fulfill and to change and serve the world. One of the ways we do that is in our next steps class. I'm just telling you, our church is pretty big at this point. Like we, we've been open for about a year, we're pushing almost 600 people. I mean, like that's like record breaking stuff that, again, favor. That ain't me. Clearly, y'all heard my story. So, like, it's, I got issues. But, like, it, at some point, we might have a lot of people who come. We need to have more people who serve. And this is not about serving here and volunteering. That's not what I'm talking about. The reason that you need to discover your purpose is because that's the way you were designed. And you'll always feel like you're not a success or you're not doing the things that you need to do if you're not walking out what God has given you to walk out. And you got to discover it. That's what we do in Next Steps. So we have Next Steps Part 2 today, our second class for Next Steps Part 2. You need to be in it. It's directly after service. Go to Next Steps Part 2. Well, I was going to go to lunch. So we got snacks in there. I'll hold you over. It's not there for very long. I promise you'll be okay. You can miss one meal. It's going to make it. You're going to make it. Leave your kids in there. If you're not, you need to go to next. Why do you need to go next steps? Not because I don't want you to be a member. I don't even care about that. What I care about is you discovering your purpose. You discovering who God called you to be and what you're called to do. And when you start walking that out, you'd be surprised. You start walking a little different. You're like, hey, I got, man, I got, I got, a, I got a gift. I got a gift. I got a gift. So you discover. Then you develop it. Then once you do after that, you need to develop your talent. You need to, like, take it to another level. What I've noticed about talented people is that they rest in their talent. Successful, if you're missing anything, I'm telling you, if you're highly successful or you're gifted at something, you better work at that. You better develop that more. Some people think like, well, I'm just naturally gifted at it. I'm just going to stick with what I got. No, 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 no. You need to actually work at it. Do something with it. Get better at what you got better at, at what you're naturally gifted at. Develop that thing. Then you need to operate in it. That's why we get you in that next step. We give you an opportunity to walk in your gifting. This is a push for next steps. You need to go to it. It's important. It's important. And the last one is this. Be grateful. Amen. Be grateful. You should never come. Remember, we're not all created equal. We're all created unique. That's why it's silly to compare yourself to other people. Yeah. It's a lose-lose situation. It's an unfair fight for you and them. Because when you're like a two-talent person, you can't compare yourself to the five-talent person because the five-talent person wasn't given. He, he didn't even earn those five talents. He was giving it to them. 
So like, if you were to double your talent, you'd still only have four, which is less than what he started with. But it wasn't given to you. It was given to him. It's different. It's, it, it doesn't work. You see what I'm saying? It's the same way if you look down on the one talent person. You're not better because you have two. You're not. God gave you the two. God gave him the one. He's made everyone unique and equal, each according to their ability. Be grateful. Learn to look up to heaven instead of asking. Learn to say, thank you, God. Wow. Thank you for what you've given me. You'd be surprised what it does for your personality. Someone in your family right now is wishing you were grateful. That's just a side thought. Third one is this, and I'm wrapping it up. I'm done. Third element of success is maximizing your potential. This is the unrealized element. I like what it said in verse 20. It says, and he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. He, th- there's this guy. There was two people in the story, two types of people. There was the guys who were faithful, and there were people who were unfaithful. There were the successful, and there were the unsuccessful. There was somebody and people in this story who maximized their potential. Potential is simply this. It's what you could be, but you haven't yet become. So every time God hands us something, he says, you could be something. You have potential in you. I hope you steward it well. I hope you do everything you can to maximize what you could be. Great DNA statement we have here at our church called, uh, we have like DNA things, like who we are, how we talk, how we think. One of them is, uh, I am an owner of nothing, steward of everything. Everybody say that with me. Say, I am an owner of nothing and a steward of everything. Come on, that feels good. Let's say that again. I am the owner of nothing and steward of everything. When we get that realization, you realize that the master had handed you some things in this world. And our only responsibility is not to complain about what he handed us. Our responsibility is to do everything we can with what he's given us. How do you maximize your potential, you ask? I'm so happy you want to know that. Because my whole message next week is on maximizing your potential. See that Jesus juke I did right there? Just hiya. You got to come next week. The whole sermon series honestly was inspired on this message about maximizing your potential doing what everything you can do that God has given you in your life. And I pray that you come next week. Don't miss, don't miss it. I'm telling you, don't miss it. This could revolutionize your 2020. God has a word for each and every one of us. But I, I think it starts with us realizing that there's a, there's a favor factor in all of our successes. And we need to learn to ask for, God, I, will you bring favor in my marriage? God, would you bring favor in my kids? God, would you bring favor in my finances? God, would you bring favor in my health? God, would you bring favor in my job? God, would you bring favor with my neighbors? God, would you bring favor in my safety in my home? God, would you bring favor as I'm climbing this ladder inside this corporation? God, you would you bring favor inside of my relationships? God, you would you bring favor in your... Will you pray favor over your church on behalf of your pastor, please? Some things we aren't going to make it just because God was there favor. Second, just talent factor. It's not everything, but something. God, would, would you help me develop? And would you discover after, after I've discovered it? God, would you help me operate in it? And would you let, make me be grateful? Because you wired me a certain way, and I'm not like that person next to me. I'm different. And that's good. And finally, we're going to learn together next week how to maximize our potential. I hope you're here.